Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? Not too shabby yourself. I'm good. Good. Can I get the name of a male and a female, Kelly? Sure. So for the male, I'll do Assad, and for the female, I will do Samina. Thank you. So the, actually, the male, Assad, is the client for today, and he starts off and says to me, flat out, can you just tell me anything about my last relationship? And I said to him, absolutely, we can dive right in and do that. Do you want anything else today, or is this going to be the entire focus? So that I... I have an idea of expectations for time, right? And he goes, no, I, I, I want to spend time on this and I'll explain it to you later. He says, I just want to know anything around the last relationship. And the guides immediately said to me, that's okay, we can do that. But it's going to get tied into some of his own patterns. So it will go back into other relationships. Let him know that so that he can be in that mindset to sort of think of that partner and her name being Samina. Um, But we want him to be more um, self-aware. We want him to go back and to be able to be more open-minded to consider, did I do these things in other relationships? And is this a me thing or is this a Samina thing? Because he's looking to make everything a Samina thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's brilliant. I think that's clear and concise from the guides to say that, because I think that is why some people call, because they are looking to say, what went wrong in our relationship because of that person, not necessarily because I came with my own patterns. Well, I think you have people who are 50-50, right? You're yeah. going to have people who call who make the assumption and have already internalized that it must be my fault. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. So they asked me to tell him that, and I did, and he said that was fine. Um, But he really wanted to kind of still point the finger and say things about her. So I tried to make sure that I was going to be aware of that during the session. And then the guides just started right in. And honestly, Kel, you know when you see it like a movie, that's what happened in his session. So I see him um, like on a first date. And you know, people listening might go, well, how'd you know it was a first date? I don't know, other than that it's an inner knowing. So it's like you can, I'm trying to say it to people so they can understand. You watch a TV show and you can see things in the TV show, but you still have your own inner knowings. Um, you're reading an energetic field too. If I show you two pictures side by side, one of a first date and one of seven years in, you know which one's which. <laughs> that's good. And, and that's good. That's appropriate. Yes. Yeah. So the guys are showing this very first date and they show on the first date how much he talks, how much he wants to share himself with somebody. He wants a partner so bad that there's this desperation. And so they show that many women sit down across from him and get that vibe that he's oversharing 
and it turns them off. So when he says, oh, you know, you do you want to go out for another coffee? They're like, no, thanks. I'm good. Well, I want to point out something that you did not articulate here. You said that you saw the first date, but then mm-hmm. simultaneously the guides are showing you um, almost like a superimposing of this is a pattern. Yes. Of multiple dates. Yes. So if I try and help you guys as listeners get this picture in your mind, it's like sitting down and watching a movie and being able to see different women sit in that same chair and that that TV producer is trying to show you that this is a pattern. So he overshares right from the very beginning in this really needy attempt to connect to somebody and doesn't think for a minute that if I overshare, this is giving some women the message that I am, I am too needy and healthy women are going to sit there and go, I'm not interested in this. And that there are other women that are going to sit there and go, cha-ching, and he loves to overshare. This gives me an opportunity to learn more about him. I don't have to share anything about me. This allows me to have an upper hand so that I can control him, but it doesn't come across that way because, of course, they're going to use all of this plethora of information that he's offering them about his life to their advantage and not his. And so this is where the session starts for him. I start describing what he's like on first dates. And he's uncomfortable, but he's kind of proud of himself to some degree too. And I thought, this is interesting. And I said, you're proud of yourself that you share a lot. I said, I can see that in you. I can feel this energy. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He says, I'm a really, you know, outgoing guy. He says, I'm really generous. And I went, oh, don't tell me anything about yourself. I said, just affirm what is, what is true and what isn't. Let me know if I'm wrong. And he goes, no, you're right, then continue. So then the guides show that Samina really enjoys sitting there and listening to him to pick up information about him. And she asks particular questions around relationships so that she knows what irritated him in his past relationships so that if she wants to irritate him, to bug him, she'll know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. And she listens and asks questions around what does he do for his girlfriends? And he he's dying to tell her. So he's telling her about these past relationships of, oh, you know, on the second date, I took this one to, you know, out of town. We went and, you know, we stayed in this gorgeous hotel. And he's he's just really oversharing. And so she goes, okay, then. My second date is not going to be a walk down the street or a local restaurant. My second date is going to be bigger than his last partner. If she went to this hotel and it was, you know, a four star, I'm going to pick a five star. So Samina totally knows that she can actually push him to up the game because he he wants to up the game. So she'll pick a five star. She'll say, hey, instead of just going to someplace in this city, why don't you take me in an airplane to another city for a dinner? And he does. 
My insides are just like so uncomfortable. Yeah, yours would be. And, and, and I would think anybody listening to this who's healthy wants to puke. Yeah. I would think anybody is reaching for the dial to almost turn this show off and go, I, I can't even, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even want to. But I would imagine too, some people listening to this are like, no, I, I want to know how some women can do this. And, and I want to learn from this experience, listening about Assad, as to what do I really need to know about this type of person who is doing this kind of oversharing? And what can I learn about this in, for, for my own good in my own life? And do I present myself in either situation? Am I Assad and I do the oversharing and then I get abused by my partners? And do I easily fall into it like Assad does? And I think that's good, and it's part of the reason why I really wanted to share this particular session. I got a box of double-stuffed Oreos for my second date. (laughs) I love it. It was bliss. (laughs) It was bliss. And it's not over the top. No, it was Although sugar content-wise, it is over the top. Stay out of my business. If you eat them all in one No one sitting. asked you to weigh in on my Oreo experience. <laughs> right. I will step back. So anyway, so Samina is listening to his generosity. And she picks up on the fact that he prides himself on being super generous. And decides, man oh man, Am I going to milk this? Because if he catches on to me on the third or the fourth or the fifth date, then I won't have any more of this generosity and I want to get some things out of this. So let's see if I can hit him up a grocery, I was going to say a grocery store. I meant to say a jewelry store. (laughs) Hey, at this rate, they cost the same fucking thing. Right? (laughs) I would hit up a grocery store. (laughs) That's really good. So he takes her to a a jewelry store. And I get to see this, that by the time they're at the third date, he's already buying her jewelry. And I said, Assad, I said, I can see at points where your own intuition is telling you that this is far too extreme and that you have to suppress and shove down and bury your own intuition telling you that this does not make sense. And you also have to totally shut off your own fucking common sense. And he starts laughing. Yeah. He just looks at me and he goes, oh my God. Yeah, because for some people, they'll listen to this and be like, I don't give a shit about my intuition. I Whatever. What does it even mean? But when you now hit them with, you actually had to turn off your common sense, it's like, oh, you just slapped me in the face. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We have our own moments throughout his entire session, Kelly, where we can look at each other as just as two human beings and you can see him going, what the fuck? Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You, we literally have these moments where he's going, oh, you mean I don't have to do this? Well, this is characteristic of someone who believes I cannot be loved for who I am. Yes. So you've got someone who has calculated giving as well as I will portray a certain level of success and see which of those two or which combination of those two things is going to literally buy me or win me, however you want to look at that, 
um, affection, adoration, admiration, etc. And she knows it and is completely utilizing that mm-hmm. to her best abilities yeah. because what she's looking for is all of the jewelry, all of the trips, the hotel room. She wants in the moment stuff, but she also wants stuff I can later take to a jewelry store or a pawn shop and turn into cash. The hotel room, I can't, but I'm still going to get it because why not? He's going to give it to me, so why not? And then if he gives that to me on the third date, then holy shit, if he hangs into this relationship for a good three months or six months or a year, or I can get five years out of this guy or a decade, then at the end of that, even if it ends up in a divorce, holy shit, the cash flow is going to be pretty damn good until he figures out what I'm doing. Or... Cares. I was just going to say, or he cares, or he finds out that he's actually worthy of being loved outside of what he has currently believed to be true. Mm. And she has to hope that nobody comes along to say to him, you're a pretty nice guy for who you actually are. Mm-hmm. And when that is actually said to Assad in the session, he just he's just stunned. And I'm going to say stunned in the sense of deer in the headlights kind of look like, what? Like you can see where I've lost him and I have to kind of pause and the guides are like, oh, you're pulling him out of his cognitive dissonance. You're kind of sucking him out of that bubble and you're saying something to him that nobody is saying to him yet. So you're going to have to kind of like explain cognitive dissonance to him so that he understands it means outside of a healthy reality. Mm -hmm. And that he's been living his life outside of a healthy reality. And he's not going to understand that. You're going to actually have to explain to him the reality he's been living in because of the things that he believes about himself, his unworthiness. Mm -hmm. The guides show me specific examples, which was really important to Asad, Mm -hmm. where... He did the very same thing in other relationships, and I asked him for permission. I said, I know you asked me to stick to this one with Samina, and I said, but the guys want to prove to you that this is a pattern. They want to prove to you, and holy shit, Kelly, they took him right back to high school. Now, I have to say that this man, when he called me, was probably in his mid-40s. So that's significant. He's not a 22-year-old calling, and he's only getting maybe four years. This is a mid-40-ish man getting a couple of decades of patterns. All right. Well, let's also be mindful that if you are listening, four years is still a pattern. Yes. We don't want to discount something, right? Yeah. Like if, if you're in it for four years, that's also significant. Yeah, because that's four years of a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. So thank you for adding that and making sure that people understood what I was trying to say, that he's got decades of it, Mm -hmm. and that you're trying to say that that's okay. Yes, that's a fact, but it doesn't have to be decades to have devastation. Yeah, because if people are trying to listen to these stories and find themselves in it to draw their own parallels, they might not be in their 40s. Mm -hmm. If you are 22 and you're listening and thinking back to high school, this is still relevant. Mm -hmm. And so they gave him a specific example right back to when he was in high school when he begins this when he first starts dating. And he dates the very first, and I'm going to say, type of person 
who uses that to their advantage. And where the pattern gets set right there in the at the very first point when he's around 14 years old, where he thinks this is what relationships are, and he thinks this is what women are like. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't see that there are different kinds of women. He doesn't understand that. Because he makes comments to me in the session of, well, wouldn't you do the same thing, Karen? Okay, so the well is indicative of I got raised in that. Yeah. I had some frame of reference as a child that told me you can't be loved for who you are. Yeah. And he would say things to me, Kelly, like, well, come on, Karen, you would take the jewelry, wouldn't you? Oh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's so rude. Yeah. And he'd go, well, come on, Karen, you'd take the the third date and go get flown to a nice country and go to an... And I said, uh, uh, hell no. No, that's extremely inappropriate. Yeah. Compromising your health, your safety, and your self-esteem. That's exactly what I told him. I said, there's no damn way I ever would have said yes to you. And that is also saying, I will play naive and trust that I'm just going to be taken care of. You could run through, and I suggest people do, the 10 false beliefs of the people pleaser if you are someone accepting this date. And this might sound really counterintuitive because we're talking about, and I'm going to use harsh language here, we're talking about a bitch accepting things because she just wants selfishly to accumulate stuff and things. And they might not listen to this or listeners might not hear this and think that the bitch is also a people pleaser. Yes. Right? And and really and truly what's happening here is that multiple people-pleasing belief systems are in place for her to even get on that plane, go to that hotel room, accept that jewelry. Thank you. Because those over-the-top, inappropriate, disproportionate gestures are a trap. This isn't generosity, and that's a term I wanted to challenge, but I felt it was too early in the show because I often skip ahead too quickly. That generosity of spirit comes from a place of truly just wanting to give, not to give to get. And he's giving to keep or trap a girlfriend. Kelly... I, I love what you do, but sometimes I get so mad. Oh, well. <laughs> because I, I know where I'm supposed to go in telling of the story, and you've told my story. And then I have to go back and go, oh, shit, I got to look at my notes and try and still tell the story. And somehow the listeners are like, okay, so how does Karen still make this interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's gotten to all the points. Thank you very much. Fair enough. <laughs> Do I apologize? No. What do you want from me right no, now? No, <laughs> nothing. I'm just, just part of me is frustrated and part of me is just in, I mean, I understand your level of emotional intelligence. I understand your level of education to get all of this and to succinctly say it for people listening. And I'm hoping that that is exactly the type of listener we're cultivating in this show. Thanks. I also think too that, you know, as the saying goes, sometimes what's best uh, about you is also what's worst about you. Like my desire to do the right thing and to have integrity is to jump to what is right, what is integrity, right? What's ethical. And so when you're putting forth a, a story like, like this, it's like oh, how do I, it, it's crawling within me to just jump. Oh, out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you are lucky that I have waited twenty minutes. Yes, I know. <laughs> I totally get all of that. Sometimes the name of the game in this this podcast now is <laughs> race. It's a race for me to tell my story versus you wrapping it up. <laughs> Sorry. No, 
<laughs> okay, so what I want to do in going back to the session is to be able to say that the guides really wanted him to understand his manipulation. Mm-hmm. They really wanted him to understand that the generosity that he really prided himself on was act in actuality a way to manipulate women. And that currently the universe was giving him women who were biting at the bait but we're also trying to teach him a lesson that while you are trying to manipulate the woman, you're picking women that are trying to manipulate you. And so he's looking in the mirror. It doesn't look identical, but he's still looking in the mirror. And honest to God, Kelly, when I went through and explained that, he just, again, had a deer in the headlight look, like I just... I can't even understand what language are you even speaking mm-hmm. and well, I let's let's break it down because we're when you say he's looking in the mirror you could say it's mirroring his behaviors but it's also the fact that he doesn't like himself so the, it's no wonder that he's actually never going to really like these quote unquote girlfriends if they mm-hmm. even become that because this is this is a commitment to manipulation not a commitment to a relationship they might not even let him have the title of boyfriend. Yeah. They do, just in terms of being technical, in the sense that they want to present it that way. So mm-hmm. one of the, you know, little... Well, yeah, because af- it would stroke his ego to keep yes. him longer. It's, it's a different yes. form of a trap. You got it. He so, gives money, they give a title. Yes. And that was one of the things that came out was that they give him sex right off the bat. And Samina was super happy to give him sex right off the bat on the very first date because she wanted to like pull him in and secure him. But she also did things like she gave him a pet name. So right off the bat on the very first date, she wanted to call him Boo and she wanted to call him uh, cute little names that you might use once you actually were in a a real relationship with somebody that took several months to go to or weeks or whatever, but certainly not within the first week or two. But she did that on purpose to basically kind of make him feel like he was special. Mm-hmm. So I started listing these things <laughs> that she did and he just sat there and went, I don't even know, like, where in God's name do you know this? Like, you are not on these dates with me. Let's keep focused here. Yeah. And I said, it doesn't matter. I'm just listening to your spirit guides. He goes, they're telling you the names she called me. And I said, well, yes, but that doesn't happen in every single session. Mm -hmm. But I said, and I don't mean this to be rude to you, but you need a validation at that level because you don't really believe in what I do. I said, so the guides are kind of like pulling out that because that's how deeply you need to be hit over the head. And he laughed. He goes, so you're calling me a dumb shit, eh? And I said, I'm not calling you anything. I said, I am simply trying to give you your messages from the spirit world, and I'm not going to be diverted, and I'm not going to defend myself, and I'm not going to ask answer your questions about me personally. What I would say, what I would think, what I would do— you're diverting. And I said, that's a form of verbal abuse I will not tolerate. And I said, I will simply channel for you. And you could see in that moment where he was struggling with, this is really good shit. 
<laughs> I need to be here for it. And you could see him wanting to go, I'm just going to check out because it would be my easy way to avoid all of this. And I've got to say, he sat there and decided to sit and stay, and he didn't do that again. He chose to sit there and to hear deeply what some of these patterns were and things that she was doing to him, and that's what he really wanted to hear the most. He wanted to know where he got sucked in. But they would give him one of these little, you got sucked in because she gave you sex. You got sucked in because she gave you a nickname. You got sucked in because she praised you. You got sucked in because, and these were all the things, this whole long list that they kept giving him, these were all of the things that were like his triggers or his insecurities or the things his parents um, never gave him. Mm -hmm. These were the things where if she, if his parents withheld, then she would do the opposite and praise. But she watched him so intently and would ask one simple question, like, you know, tell me about, you know, your past girlfriend. So what was that like? How did that end? And she would listen to it so she could know exactly what she could do to either hurt him or to control him or to be nice to him. And she picked and chose which exactly she was going to do to yank him around. And I said, and this is how you got yanked. She vacillated between these three behaviors. And he just said, this is exactly true. He says, I wondered if I showed up, if you would be able to pinpoint the types of things that she did to me. He says, I feel crazy in my head. And he says, and then I go back to that I don't want to think about that. And I want to go back to the fact that if I'm just generous, somebody will finally appreciate me and love me for who I am. But again, the definition of generosity. And beyond that, he's saying, love me for who I am. The point is he doesn't know who that is. So throwing things or stuffing things at others is not actual generosity. You're not giving anything of yourself to them. Mm -hmm. So the, you know, you were talking about pulling him out of his cognitive dissonance. That doesn't just include the fact that he's being quote unquote generous and that that's an unhealthy thing to do the way he's doing it. The pulling out of the cognitive dissonance is saying, I never knew who I was in the first place, and I've got to find my way back to that or create it for the first time. Yeah. And the guides took him into, how would you like a first date to look like? And he had to say to me and to the spirit guides, well, what would a healthy one actually look like? And I remembered saying to him, that's a really good question. That's one of the best questions you've asked so far that are leading you into uh, pardon me, out of cognitive dissonance to say, what would healthy actually look like? You're admitting, I'm not certain, or I don't know because I haven't experienced it yet. Fair. And, and I would still say 10 steps at least ahead of asking, who am I? Right. What do I like? What do I enjoy? How yeah. do I experience love? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what would I want to do on a date that I enjoy doing that oh, I could for actually... Fuck no, not the date. My point was, who am I? You keep bringing it back and he keeps wanting to go on a date. And I'm saying all the way back just to Assad. I understand that. Thank you for clarifying. 
I don't know why I couldn't make it more clear that that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. Okay. And then move to the date part. So they first encouraged him. I can prove it if you read my notes. <laughs> I know what I know what you know. I'm just trying to clarify because it's not clear for listeners. I understand. So if people are like, "Fuck, I'm a sod," I don't want them walking away from this going, "Ooh, man, the first thing I need to do is figure out what a healthy first date looks like." No, no. Let's do some deep soul searching here about who you actually are. Yeah, and what do you want to do, and what do you do? By yourself in your own time. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts, feelings, and desires, period, Yeah. in life? Yeah. And you've got to go out and go for a walk or go out and go bowling or go out and go skydiving and know what it is that you feel while you're doing something to know what you feel about it, what your thoughts are, what your experience is. I'm going to move on. The guides asked me to tell him that um, Samina was a covert narcissist and that he needed to go to therapy or go to YouTube or find books or whatever it is that he could do, whatever he could afford to be able to understand what... I think we know what he can afford. (laughs) Right. He can afford it all. That he needed to get an education to understand this so that... Yeah, he does want to understand her. So they wanted to answer the question because he came to say, I want to understand Samina. And they answered it. They said, she's a covert narcissist. There's your answer. If you really want to understand it and you really want to take a deep dive and you're damn serious about why you booked this appointment, get a full education on it. Don't just walk away from this session and think you know everything. This is the beginning. But then the guide said what you had said earlier and have repeated throughout the session was that he didn't he shouldn't be dating anybody he should actually just be getting to know himself and that he can't show up to a date he can't say love me because there's no me to love he hasn't figured out who it is and when i said that so many things went through him you could see where he would just like it was almost like he imploded mm-hmm. where the shoulders you know sink where the chest caves in, where the forehead comes into a downward position. And then almost like within just seconds, you could see where he decided, yeah, this doesn't feel good. And he's, he pulled back up. You could see where he was going into this forward motion and then he pulled his chest back. His head came up again. And you could see where he was at least considering the invitation. And I thought... That is cool. I wonder what's going on in his head. And if it's matching what I'm seeing, what's going on in his body. So when I said to the spirit guides, how do we end this session? They said, well, give him a, give him a plan. Tell him he needs resources. Tell him he needs time. Tell him it's about focusing on himself. And that help with a therapist is something that they could do, where they could give him small exercises to do, small bits of homework where he could go out and learn to go to an event, go to a concert, go to a restaurant, just little, little tiny pieces of homework. See what you feel when you're there. Don't judge it, just become the observer. They gave him a plan at the end of this. And I think even though his beginning statement was, tell me about my past relationship, I think the fact that they gave him a plan to go forward was actually what he wanted, but didn't know it when he asked for that at the beginning of the session. 
Cool. I know I messed this up a lot for you, but this was a really excellent story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love um, just now looking back on the story, um, you know, he walked in and said, tell me anything you get about this past relationship, mm-hmm. not actually knowing that the problem he was struggling with was himself. Yeah. Right. You know, as you said, he wanted to point the finger at the external thing that he believed was the problem or person, but the the actual problem was the the loneliness and the feeling of unworthiness that he was trying to tackle. And And I mean, really, when any of us have those feelings, do we know where to turn to? Mm-hmm. Right, um, or or we might think we know where to turn to, and that's often another person. But really, it's the deep work that we've got to do within our own selves. You're spot on, Kelly, because that was his pattern: was just go to the next woman to see. He wasn't taking that pause, like you're saying. And of course, his guides show up. Like <laughs> I don't want to say like clockwork, but on demand. Right? They yeah. just they want to be there for us at all times. Um, and as you just really wonderfully summarized, there's a beautiful plan laid forward, right? So he's given some kind of certainty. He's given, which is what he wants. He wants to know, is there a way forward for me? And it's not the way he thought, but at least there's this three-step plan for him to go, I can do that. That is one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are clear, clear calls to action from the guides to say, do these things, and you will find that emotional relief or release that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Which which ends up making a partner possible in the future. Yep. So, I mean, if you're looking to sit here and go like, okay, what were the results? Because everyone wants to know that, right? Like, what was the result and was it worth it? And it's, it's basically saying you've got a future of possibilities for healthy relationships with the self and with others. Um, whether you choose to stay single or be in a partnership, now it's actually conscious choice and not these traps that you keep laying forward or falling into. Yes. Or both. And then, of course, like... <laughs> I think we all know the tragic result if he's not willing to put this plan into action. It's the continuation of the unhealthy pattern. Yeah. And how much more money is he going to spend and how much more heartbreak and how much... Humiliation. How much humiliation at the cost of your pride are you going to experience? And and all you have to do, and I don't mean to to undermine this, all you have to do is slow down. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is take time for yourself. And how, how difficult is that? let's just say on some level in a society in North America that says race against time, go faster, go faster, Mm -hmm. drink, have sex, hurry up, buy the house, get married, let's go. And also just live a flashy lifestyle too. Anyway, that's a different podcast, but I think you did an excellent job um, for Assad and also for the listeners today to have wonderful value taken from this. Good. Okay. Happy Saturday. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlows. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.